0: following message was given by Robert Green on Sunday, April 21st, at Redemption Hill Church. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.redemptionhill.com. For those of you that are guests with us, my name is Robert. I'm one of the pastors here, and Let me add my welcome. We are glad that you are here this Easter Sunday morning. Let me help you understand what we're about to do. We're going to start something this morning that we're going to continue for the next several weeks uh, into the month of May and through the month of May. And, And here's what we're going to do. I want us to think about a question that I receive very often from people that I wrestle with at times myself in my own heart. And this question takes various forms and and ways that it's phrased, but I think it's common to many of us. And so we're going to consider this question and what God's word has to say is as far as an answer. And so let me give you the question as we get started, and I'll give it to you in a couple of different ways. See if it resonates with anything in you, and then we're going to explore uh, God's word as far as how we find the answers. And so here's the question. Is there a Christianity for people who consistently feel like they're failures at Christianity? Another way you can think about the question is is there a biblical uncompromised uncorrupted form of Christianity for people who consistently feel like they never quite measure up? Is there a Good news in Christianity for people who constantly feel like God is perpetually disappointed in them. If we're honest, at some point, more than we may want to even admit, this question in all of its forms is something that nags at all of our hearts. And the way we answer it is of utmost importance. Because if we say no, there isn't, an, uncorrupted, undefiled, biblical Christianity that offers real assurance and real hope for people who constantly feel like they're failing at Christianity, then we would be better off this morning with chocolate bunnies on the tables back there instead of Bibles. We'd be better off having Easter egg hunts outside than singing songs of thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. But the good news, my friends, is that the answer to this question in all of its forms is yes, There is an uncorrupted, a biblical, an undefiled Christianity for people who constantly feel like they never quite measure up, that God is always disappointed in them, and that they're nothing but a consistent failure. And the foundation of this good news is the grace of God. And so what I want to do for the next several weeks is explore this grace, in particular, as God helps us understand it in his word in the book of Romans chapter 8. I want us to spend the next few weeks in Romans chapter 8 understanding the magnitude of the grace of God towards us, for those of us who consistently feel like we're constantly failing at this thing. As you're turning to Romans chapter 8, let me read you this. One writer in considering the The power of this chapter in God's word said, Romans chapter 8 is the perfect place for everyone who lives with a low-grade fever of anxiety and shame because we can't forget our failures in the past, we don't measure up in the present, and we fear what we're capable of in the future. You ever felt that way? The great Martin Lloyd-Jones would call that symptoms of a spiritual depression, A depression that leaves us wondering if God truly loves us. Do we measure up? Is he disappointed? This writer goes on to say that Romans 8 is the perfect place for all of us who have miniaturized the grace of God without even realizing it. And that's all of us. He said Romans 8 magnifies the grace of God, not like a microscope that makes tiny things look big, but like a telescope that brings a massive thing up close so on this glorious Easter morning let me say this to everyone here who is weary and in need of rest to everyone here who is mourning and longing for comfort to anyone here this morning who feels worthless and actually wonders if God cares To all who continue to fail repeatedly and desire strength. To all who sin and need a savior. To all here who hunger and thirst for righteousness. To whoever would come. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the friend of sinners. The forgiver of his enemies. The justifier of those who have no excuses left. The conqueror of the grave this morning in the resurrection and the life, hear the good news of Easter this Sunday morning. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, this is the essence of biblical, uncompromised, uncorrupted, undefiled Christianity for people who feel like they're always failing at Christianity, and who feel like God is perpetually disappointed in them. This is the foundational message of God to the world. This is the essence of what we are willing to lay our lives down to take to the nations and the neighborhoods. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is now no condemnation. Well, let me admit something. Preaching from one verse of the Bible is a challenge. The Bible does not exist verse by verse in isolation. It exists in context. So if you've got your Bibles open to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, I'm going to help you and help myself at the same time. Look backwards a few verses at the end of Romans chapter 7. I want you to understand that the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Romans, who who declared this great news in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Paul understood what it felt like to desire with all of your heart to follow Jesus to do that which you know brought him glory and it was for your greatest good and yet repeatedly fall short and feel like a failure. Paul knows what it's like to always want to do that which you know is good but end up doing the very thing you don't want to do. And at the end of Romans chapter 7 flowing into the beginning of Romans chapter 8, Paul gives us this profound description of what it feels like to always be fighting to do that which you know is good, but yet always seeming to fail. Let me just listen to what he has to say. Paul said, I don't understand my own actions. I don't do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. You ever felt that way? He said, I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I don't want is what I keep on doing. You ever felt that? Paul says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? There's something very important in what Paul is saying right there that will help us as we get into what he's about to declare in Romans chapter 8. Paul says, in light of this reality recognizing that I'm constantly striving to do that which I know is good, but yet I find this thing in me always getting me to do the very thing I don't want to do. Paul doesn't say, what then am I supposed to do now to get myself out of this situation? Paul doesn't say, what is it that I've got to go and do in order to remedy this reality? Paul says, wretched man that I am, who, who is going to rescue me? You see, the reality of it is when you and I come to this same place the Apostle Paul is in and you and I feel like we never quite measure up, but God is perpetually disappointed in us no matter how hard we try, we never seem to do the very thing we think we're supposed to do. The answer is never try harder. The Apostle Paul says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And what is it that God does for sinners like us? Fighting to do that which we know to be good, yet always finding ourselves failing. Well, Romans chapter 8 is full, chopped full of the most glorious answers to that question. And it starts with what might be the most glorious this Easter morning. God, in His grace, through the work of His Son, removes all condemnation from us. You've got to feel the force of what Paul is saying. Paul is not saying that we're just not condemned. It's it's much stronger than that. Paul is actually saying that God has removed His condemnation completely. In fact, when you look down in your Bible and you read it, or you look up on the screen and read it, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Paul's text was a little more simple than that. Paul's text was actually a declaration. It was like someone standing up in front of a room like this and declaring some great reality. Paul's text says, therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Period. Now. For sinful Christians, like Paul, like me, like many of you, people who agonize over our own Romans 7 inability to do the very thing our hearts desperately want to do, God declares through the Apostle Paul to us, no condemnation. Friends, this is the true depth of the blessed assurance God gives us that gives us any strength at all to continue on fighting yet always failing. But we need to be clear about something. If we're truly going to enjoy this reality, there's something we've got to be very clear about. This declaration has nothing to do with you and I not deserving to be condemned. Very clear. There's no way that we can truly enjoy this unless we understand this. Paul is not saying there is no condemnation condemnation for us because we don't deserve it. Condemnation simply means to find yourself under a penalty, to find yourself owing a liability, to find yourself guilty of deserving judgment. In the first seven chapters of this letter, Paul has explained that every single one of us every one of us born on this earth, stands guilty before a holy God deserving condemnation. That our sin has rendered us guilty before the justice and holiness and righteousness of God. Guilty of rebellion. Guilty of treason. Guilty of rejecting his rightful and good authority over us. See, whether you consider yourself religious or not, whether you consider yourself moral or not, whether you consider yourself good or not, there is no person who in themselves can escape the just condemnation of God. In fact, Paul sums it up in Romans chapter three this way. All, not some, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And on our own, none of us, none of us, Can stand before a holy God. And because of that, we have every right and reason to be concerned about condemnation, which is what makes what Paul said in Romans chapter 5 so special. Paul has already reminded the church that while we were still helpless, helpless, unable in ourselves, to change the verdict of guilt before God that we deserve for our sin. Unable to do anything on our own, to get ourselves out from under the just condemnation of God, while we were helpless, at the right time, Christ Jesus died for the ungodly. In fact, even though he said that in Romans chapter five, he's gonna come back to it here in Romans chapter eight. Look down at verse three. Paul's going to explain it again in light of this condemnation. Paul says in Romans 8:3, God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. You see, in our helpless state, in our constant trying to do what we know to be good, but yet finding ourselves doing the very things we don't want to do, for centuries, people have tried to take God's word, God's law, and obey it to such a degree that we can get ourselves out from under God's condemnation. And what Paul is reminding us of is that ever since God gave us his law, all that law could do was show us how deserving of his just condemnation we are because the more we try to keep it and do it, the more we fail. So Paul says that God has done something for us that the law could never do. The law constantly shows us how desperately in need we are of someone outside of us rescuing us from our own wretchedness. God has done with the law Weakened by the flesh, couldn't do. What's he done? He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh of Jesus. Friends, this is the good news of the gospel. God sent his own son in human nature to live the life that we were created to live as our representative. To die then the death that we deserve to die because of our sin as our substitute. And it was there on the cross that God the Father condemned our sin in the body of his son. God poured out on his son the condemnation that we deserved. God condemned sin. My sin. Your sin. In the body of his son who knew no sin. Why? So that now Now. Not at some distant point in the future when you get it right. Not at some point when you've done all the right things and kept enough rules and come to church enough times and read enough of the Bible. Not when you've jumped through enough hoops. Now. For those who are in Jesus, no condemnation. Not less condemnation. No condemnation. God will never bring up your past again. Why? Because on the cross, God condemned it in his son. How do we know? How do we know that that was enough? How do we know that God fully and completely condemned our sin in his son in our place? That's the beauty of Easter Sunday. Three days later, God received the sacrifice of his son in our place for our sin, vindicated his sacrifice in our place, and raised him from the dead. The man Jesus Christ is alive right now, today, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, ruling and reigning over all things. He condemned the fullness of our sin in his son and accepted it in our place and raised him from the dead. This is what makes Easter so special. No Easter still condemned. But for those, for those who are in Christ Jesus, no condemnation. This is the glorious reality for sinners who find themselves in Jesus. Paul does not say that we're free from condemnation because we're sinless. Paul says we're free from condemnation because we find ourselves in Jesus. See, to be in Jesus means to find yourself in a relationship with him in such a way that all of the benefits of his life in your place, his death in your place, and his resurrection and his victory over death and sin and Satan belong to you. It's to find yourself in so profound a relationship with him that all of the benefits of his righteousness are now yours by the grace of God. It's to find yourself in so profound a relationship with Jesus that Paul actually has to say you quite literally are located in him. Jesus would talk about this with his disciples, talking about him being the vine and us being the branches being grafted into him. This is so profound a reality that one writer says real Christianity is the living Jesus giving himself to you in such a profound way that Paul had to seem to invent some strange way of putting it, that you're in Jesus with his very lifeblood, the Holy Spirit, in you. He goes on to say the deepest truth about you now is not your unsteady ups and downs, The deepest truth about you now is that God has set you safely in Christ. That's where you are, and that's where you stay. The Apostle Paul says that once we are in Christ Jesus, that we're in this relationship with him, there is no longer any condemnation for us. So friends, where are you this morning? Are you in Jesus or are you separated from him? Are you free from the condemnation of God or are you still under God's just condemnation? There's no greater news that I could deliver to you this morning than this. You don't have to stay there. Jesus' word to every sinner in this room this morning is simply this. Come to me. Trust me. Let me be your righteousness. Let me be your pardon. Why? Why? Because I've already been your condemnation. I've already been your condemnation. I died in your place for your sin. Come to me. I'm enough. Let me be your forgiveness your righteousness, your standing before God. Friends, if you're here this morning and you would consider yourself separated from Jesus because of your sin, hear the call of God. Come to him. Repent of your sin. Turn from all of your efforts at your own moral justification. Recognize by the grace of God your helpless status before him. You can't fix it. Wretched people that we are. We need someone to save us, and he has. For those in Christ Jesus, no condemnation. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was a great British pastor in the last century, he said, if you have gotten a hold of this idea, you will have discovered the most glorious truth you will ever know in your entire life. Lloyd-Jones goes on to say that most of our troubles are due to our failures to realize the truth of this one verse in the Bible. In fact, he would say all of those elements of what he would call spiritual depression, this constant low-grade nagging that we're just not good enough, this constant low-grade anxiety and shame that God is perpetually disappointed in us, leading us to this life of trying to figure out how to get ourselves out from under it, he would say the root of all of that is not understanding this one verse. And so he goes on to say, would you like to be rid of that spiritual depression? He says the first thing to do is to say farewell now and forever to your past. Never look back at your sins again. Say it is finished. It's covered by the blood of Jesus. Take that step and finish with yourself and look to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is only then that true happiness and joy become eternally possible for you. You just begin to say, I rest my faith on him alone who died for my transgressions to atone. Friends, I love you this morning. There is no better news than this. In Jesus, there is now, now, no condemnation. And this makes all the difference in how we live because let's just be honest. Many of us live as though we move in and out of this declaration of God's grace to us. We hear the good news of God's kindness to us through his son and we hear the declaration for those who believe in Christ who find themselves in him, no condemnation from God and we go yes and amen and then in 10 minutes we're confronted with our ongoing sin and we feel like we're back under condemnation again. So I need to double down on how much I read my Bible. I need to double down on how often I come to church I've like got to figure out how to get back out from under this condemnation again. And then I find myself recognizing the forgiveness of God in Christ, receiving that, con- receiving that freedom from condemnation, all until I sin one more time. And it's likely we live on this perpetual spiritual version of shoots and ladders. Climbing up, climbing up, climbing up, getting to the top to win, only to get in the wrong spot and whoosh, all the way back down. I hate that game. (laughs) I could never beat my kids at that game. (laughs) Listen, if you are in Christ Jesus, there is no, no condemnation. When suffering comes, when pain comes, And it only seems to get worse. It doesn't seem to get any better. And our own thoughts and our own hearts begin to whisper. And our friends with the best of intentions but with the most careless of words come. All we can begin to hear at times is, he's finally done with me. This is it. I've come in and out of his kindness and forgiveness so many times. This must be God's judgment against me. His condemnation has finally come home to roost. What difference does Romans chapter 8, verse 1 make in your life tomorrow? It is the very thing that God gives us to push back, to fight, to survive this kind of assault. There is now... For those in Christ, no condemnation from God. When relationships don't seem to reconcile the way that we want and we recognize I have done something, God must be judging me for this. My my child who seems to wander far away from the kindness of God, it's my fault. God is judging me in their hearts. I'm sure you've done something wrong. But there's no condemnation from God for you in Christ Jesus in that. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. The implications are endless. As we remind ourselves day in and day out of God's kindness to us, as we talk about around here, seeing and enjoying Jesus, seeing and enjoying the grace of God, what happens is that God digs in our hearts this deep reservoir of mercy and grace and kindness and forgiveness as we're repeatedly reminded of just how merciful He's continued to be towards us and that in him, in Jesus before God, there's no condemnation towards us and as that reservoir gets dug and it gets deeper and it's filled, it allows us to dip into it over and over again with one another there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus not because we're perfect but because we're in Jesus not because you're perfect but because Jesus has already been perfect for you and when you are in him though you continue to sin there is no condemnation Friends, do you believe this? Do you really believe this? The reality of this will change your life. See, the difference between someone who is a Christian and someone who is not a Christian is not that one of them sins and the other one doesn't. The difference between someone who is a Christian and someone who's not a Christian ultimately is that the Christian is no longer under the condemnation of God. That's the reality. Doesn't mean we're above correction. Doesn't mean you're always right and never wrong. Doesn't mean you now have some kind of label to put over things that you can hide and cover up your problems. No. It just means we're understanding the reality of who we are. We're still understanding the reality of our fight against sin. We're still understanding the reality of our life in this fallen world now in relation to Jesus. And that changes everything. So how are we supposed to respond to such great news? I mean, what's an appropriate response to such great news? Well, how about we start with overwhelming gratitude? God has made a way to make righteous, to justify to forgive, to eternally secure sinners like us. Friends, are you amazed by the grace of God? Do you enjoy it? I know that many of you walked in here this morning the way you often do, feeling like you've let God down again. You know what, it's Easter Sunday, I'll give it one more try. As we sing the songs and you read the words, as you talk to people and you hear the prayers, you still feel like you're somehow on the outside of things. Friends, listen to me this morning. Those feelings of your heart, they are not, not the thoughts of God. You're here this morning because in his grace, God wants to set you free from those old thoughts that tell you even as his child he's ashamed of you. If you are in Jesus, you've got to understand this. This is the best news on Easter Sunday morning. If you are in Jesus, God has already made his mind up about you. And it's good. You don't have to do anything else to earn his attention or his love. In fact, you couldn't be more loved by God than you are right now in Christ Jesus. The thoughts of your heart telling you that as his child you still are a perpetual failure to him, those are not his thoughts towards you. And he wants you to know it. And he doesn't just want you to know it, he wants you to enjoy it and he wants you to live in the fullness of it. Friends, all that God holds out to us in one little verse, in in one simple sentence, in Jesus there is now no condemnation for you. All that God holds out to us in that, that simple sentence is simply a gift. A gift that we receive with the simplest of faith. he has done for us what we could never ever ever do for ourselves this is the good news of God's grace and kindness towards us in his son and this morning we are going to do the very thing we do every single time we come together as we read from God's word we respond to it together And so this morning, we are going to respond together to God's word. And if you're a guest with us, let me tell you how we do that. The first way we do that is by taking two minutes to sit together in silence. And that silence is intentional. That's a time for you to respond to God as he's revealed himself to you in his word this morning as you pray. There are prayers that are on the back of that worship guide that can guide you. But if you're here this morning and you would say that you, have, you are separated from God because of your sin, you recognize that left to yourself, you deserve nothing but the just condemnation of God, this is the time that God would call to you to look to him and say, I am done I'm done with trying to solve it. I'm done with trying to justify myself. I'm done with trying to do enough to feel like I've earned enough of your love to know that in the day of your judgment, I can stand and go, you know, I'm a good person. I'm done trying to convince myself of that. If that's you this morning, you need to hear the kindness of God to you this morning and say, just come to me. Let me be your pardon. Let me be your forgiveness. I've already been your condemnation. There's no hoop you have to jump through. You just have to tell him. We're gonna take two minutes to reflect on God's word, to respond together in prayer. And then for those who have repented of their sins, who taste and enjoy the kindness of God to us in Christ, we're gonna remember his sacrifice in our place for our sins as we receive communion, and we're gonna remember it with joy and confidence because as we take the bread, remembering his body, we dip it in the cup, remembering his blood shed, we take it with joy and confidence, knowing that he's not in the tomb, that he's alive. And because he's alive, the fullness of the promise of Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that there's no condemnation for us in him, is true now and forever. And then we're going to sing, and we're going to celebrate, and we're going to be sent out from here as his people. So as we prepare to do that, let me pray for us, and then we'll continue to respond together. Father, we ask this morning... That you would do the miracle that only you can do by your Holy Spirit, and you would make the depth of your kindness and grace towards us more real to our hearts right now than the very air we're breathing. The doubts and the fears and the self condemnation we bring into this place, that you would overwhelm it with the assurance of your unending mercy. Lord, we ask that you would do this very thing in the name of Jesus the friend of sinners, the forgiver of his enemies, the conqueror of the grave, the resurrection and the life, for his glory and our joy. Amen. You've been listening to a message by Robert Green given at Redemption Hill Church in Richmond, Virginia. For more information on the church and to hear other messages, please visit us online at www.redemptionhill.com.